Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi guys. Hi. Happy. Happy whatever day we release this. Welcome to a special mini episode where we are going to talk to activist Jelani Curtis about his work with ForBriana.com. And by with, I mean he created it. With so much going on in the world right now, it can feel quite overwhelming, whether it's COVID or race riots. We want to make sure that you feel like you can do something because as mothers, we can't sit here and let these things go on. This is the world we're creating for our children. Our guest today is an LA-based art director and activist that created ForBriana.com as an easy resource for people to demand justice for Brianna Taylor. Welcome Jelani Curtis. Hi Jelani. Hello. Thanks Thank you so much for taking time. Your shit is blowing up. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty crazy to see. I mean, first I'm trying to get used to even being called an activist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the uh, even the intention when doing it. it was, I mean, maybe that's the correct definition, but yeah, I was just trying to do something that could help with this crazy stuff going on. You're like an accidental activist. Most definitely. I just stumbled, tripped on it, and then it was like, oh, all right. Which is the best kind. For sure. It seems like such a pure intention, just wanting to help the world. That's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, it was kind of one of the things where it was like, it's so much craziness going on in the world. There has to be some way of being able to expedite, you know, justice for Breonna Taylor. So that's what kind of got me going. I think that you have to have been living under a rock to not know who Breonna Taylor is and what about her case. But can in case someone has been actually living under a rock. Can you give us a little overview of her case? For sure. Yeah. So back in March, March 13th, a little bit after midnight, three plainclothes cops executed a, a no-knock search warrant at Brianna Taylor's apartment in Louisville, Kentucky, where she was with her boyfriend. Um, the cops had a battering ram, uh, were kind of banging against the door before ultimately knocking the door down. One detail that is left out a lot of times is that her boyfriend actually called the cops. So uh, when they were knocking, when they were knocking because they didn't identify themselves. Uh, So her boyfriend actually called the cops. So obviously that tells you he didn't know there were cops. So by the time they knocked down the door, that's when he fired a warning shot towards the police um, and hit one of the sergeants in the leg. And then the in retaliation, the cops let off 22 rounds of ammo in their direction and eight of the bullets hit and ultimately killed Breonna Taylor. Do we know why they were trying to get into her apartment? It was a mistaken identity, right? From everything that I've read, it was a mistaken identity. Um, there was a person that the, that the cops were looking for um, that I think uh, with drug-related charges or drug-related um, uh, activity, um, but turns out the person that they were actually looking for was actually in custody by the time they knocked down the door. But also, like, do we need 22 rounds no. for a drug dealer? Right, correct. I mean, we don't need 22 rounds, period, but it wasn't like there's a serial killer that they're trying to find. It wasn't like Rambo was in there with a AK-47 or a Terminator and just, you know, let off a bunch of shots, you know, and I think that's what goes into even, you know, the questioning of police training. I understand the aspect and I can't imagine being in any type of situation where you're having any type of gunfight by any means, if that's what we can even call it. But it seems a little excessive. My father, Michael, and our father actually worked for the police department for a little while, not in a, um, he wasn't a cop, but he worked for them. And the training is that you're only supposed to shoot to wound 
even the worst criminal, you shoot to wound. That's it. If they're holding a gun, you shoot their shoulder so they drop the gun. So where are we now in all of this? Give people, again, who've been kind of living under a rock, don't know what's going on, an idea, you know, about these uh, police officers, what laws we're trying to get in, put into place th- for all of this. Um, just bring us all up to speed if you can. I won't pretend to be an expert. The latest that I know is that a law to abolish the no-knock warrants in um, Kentucky has been passed, and I believe it's actually called uh, Brianna's Law. So that's been passed, so that can no longer happen, which is a big deal yeah. um, because these no-knock warrants have been executed for years all around the country. So that's huge for Louisville, and that's huge for Kentucky. Uh, her boyfriend was in jail momentarily because they actually charged him or were trying to charge him with attempted murder on a on a police officer. He was arrested originally but got let, off, uh, got let out. And now the case is under the jurisdiction and uh, investigation of the FBI and the attorney general. General of Kentucky, Daniel Cameron. Wow. Everyone has been looking at Daniel Cameron at this point. Like, so what's the hold up? What's, what's going on? We're slowly approaching month five. How did you become involved in all of this where you started the website? Well, uh, I think part of it is I'm a black man in the U.S., so I've, you know, kind of had to live with craziness that goes on in this country between discrimination and racism. I think it's probably like a, a buildup of things. So being uh, relatively conscious of things that are going on in the country, understanding the plight of Black Americans, and then in this year, it being such a unique time where, you know, you have this, this string of Black men and women being killed by, by the hands of police officers or former police officers or pretend to be police officers with Amar uh, Arbery, uh, George Floyd, um, and then Breonna Taylor, which actually happened before both Ahmad and George. But George Floyd was that was a straw that broke the camel's back, you know, for everyone to, you know, to be enraged. Right, because we had it on video too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So having that on video, as well as, uh, it's interesting with, with COVID and everybody not really having the distractions that they normally have, whether it's uh, forms of entertainment to kind of, you know, go and, and uh, ease your mind. I think everyone kind of had their eyes open, including me. So my day-to-day job, my everyday job is I'm an art director um, in advertising. So my job is coming up with ideas for commercials, billboards, digital ideas, designing things for commercials, anything that applies to kind of the visual aesthetic of any piece of marketing I'm involved with. But yeah, I was sitting on my couch one day and it was like, Wait a minute. I see all of these Instagram posts of call this number for attorney general, email this person, you know, email this uh, Louisville governor or lieut- lieutenant general or whoever it was. But it was kind of all these scattered places. I realized that I, w- I kept going to my bookmarks or to the save tab in Instagram to find a number or find an email, then jot it down and like text edit and then try to make sure I'm, you know, everything is correct before I send out an email yep. and make a phone call. And it was like, wait a minute. How come all of this stuff isn't just in one place? And honestly, I used Wix.com, which I've used to build my portfolio website and um, another website for um, a publishing company I started a little while ago, but use simple button uh, links to call the number and send the emails. Let's start with like the very basics. What can we do to really fight for justice for Brianna? So I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of folks and it's it's not just one thing. I think when you're dealing with such a complex issue in terms of, and I know your, your question was specifically about Brianna Taylor, but I think it's such a complex issue when you yeah. have certain laws in place that are so ingrained and so embedded into the fabric of this country that are you know designed a certain way to oppress people. Yeah. 
Yeah, systemic racism. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, it takes so much. Like I've kind of gotten to this conclusion of it literally takes everything. If basically if systemic racism is involved in every industry of this country, whether you're talking about agriculture to law to sports to, you know, media, whatever it is, then it's going to take so much to uproot it. So yep. I think the marching, protesting our ways voting our ways. Uh, I recently found out that district attorneys and some prosecutors are actually elected officials. So we have the power to vote in the right ones and vote out the, the wrong ones. See, and this is why I say the like most simple basic things, because although that seems like a duh kind of thing, I had no idea that that was the, the case. So thank you for educating for sure. me on that. Yeah, I didn't know either. The voting aspects and understanding like the nuance of what to pay attention to um, and not just the presidential elections. Or this blanket statement of pay attention to local elections. Like, yeah, but what exactly? So is that. And then also, I think it's the the pressure, like the, the pressure of making the phone calls, sending the emails. Um, I recently added a function on the, on the website to tweet right before uh, last week's interactive hour of uh, action. And I like this quote that came from Chris Cuomo of uh, CNN, which I think is like hits the, hits the nail on the head of what you asked and, you know, kind of what I'm trying to respond in, in an articulate way. But uh, he said, um, back in like early June or mid-June. He said, remember, politicians act more often out of fear of consequence than they do out of good conscience. Don't yeah. wait for them to do the right thing. Make them do the right thing. So I think it's about that pressure, making them make the right decision. Wow. That's, I mean, I know that to be true, but even just hearing it, it's crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. And you know, uh, the way that I know you for our listeners is through my brother who went to school with Jelani and a conversation that I have with my brother all the time in this current climate is that just as you said, the breaking down of systemic racism, it goes so deep that it's going to take a very long time and that we have to play this as a long game because it's what we need right now to shine so much light on these specific cases. But it's a long game because this has been happening for so long and there's so many cases that are we don't know about or that are not as famous as these terrible cases. And we just have to realize that we need to keep going. A great way to start is to visit your website and to take action, but that we need to have the change come from even deeper in our lives. We talk about all the time, the books that we mm -hmm. have our children read, the way that we speak about race with our kids, no stone left unturned. It's going to take a lot to change it, but we're awakening to it yeah, and sure. it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And I think all of these conversations are good to have. And I think it's the understanding of, yeah, th this is the way it is, but this isn't the way it has to be. Right. Um, so we have forbriana.com and um, that's an incredible resource. It gives you an easy way to contact all these different representatives. Are there any other things outside of visiting the website, outside of contacting those people that we can be doing? I think signing the petitions, I think helps. I am by far no expert on activism or how to move the needle as it pertains to the criminal justice system. But just from the things that I have read about and the things that I'm starting to understand, it seems like it has to come from all these different ends. So uh, yes, outside of uh, going to the forbriana.com. Also, Color of Change is great in terms of the, the petitions that they have where you can sign and on behalf of Rihanna Taylor and they have uh, petitions for a variety of other people who 
who have experienced um, social injustice and fatally as well. So Color of Change is great. We know from doing an episode on gun violence that writing, actual letter writing of your officials works. That's amazing. That they're like actual letters do count. Yeah, the more amount of work you have to put into something to get it to a representative, the more likely it is to affect change. So if you have to actually like sit down and put pen to paper, it actually affects change. And, and an email, I think, does the same level, a phone call, same thing. And, and the whole point is like that one of the things they also told us was if you are slightly intimidated about actually having to speak to somebody on the phone, just remember that you're probably going to be speaking to an 18-year-old intern who is going to take a message and pass it on. So, so don't be afraid. Right. right. That's a good point. Also, just remember the only thing you can do wrong is to do nothing. 100%. I 1,000% agree with that. Sitting on the sideline now is not an option. Um, nope. It's too many ways of being able to affect change, to start conversations, to, you know, shift the narrative from what we've been told since we've been, since we were kids. Yeah. It's not an option to just do nothing. Yep. One thing I want to say is congrats on the BET shout out. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that was huge. That came out of nowhere. My agency did a good job with reaching out to a few media partners to amplify it. The article that BET references is an interview I did with uh, the Detroit Free Press a few weeks ago. So I had a friend who got me in contact with uh, one of the journalists there and that was something that BET referenced. But yeah, this all of this stuff has come out of nowhere. It's um, It's been great to get the recognition. When I first launched ForBriana.com and also the Instagram account at ForBriana, I posted it on my personal Instagram account and then tweeted it on my personal Twitter and neither have that many followers. But it literally has been retweeted every single day since three weeks ago when I launched it. Wow. And to spread it and just hopefully this keeps spiraling out of control and, you know, builds the pressure on all these Kentucky officials. Well, thank you so much for doing what so many other people don't do, which is think I have an idea. Why hasn't anyone else thought of this? Right. And then actually did the thing. Right. I'm just like so proud of you. And whether you meant to be an activist or not, you are one. And we're going to keep spreading the website and all the details. And now that you're basically a famous activist, thanks for taking some time. Man. <laughs> No, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's been great. It's humbling. And I think one of the things that helps kind of keep things in perspective a little bit is, yeah, I feel very proud of myself to do it and execute the actual idea. But I think the thing that helps keep my head from getting big is that, let's say, you know, justice that I will hope that will come is that the officers actually get arrested. Right. That actually happens. <laughs> yeah. But even with that, though, I think which is a win, it still can't bring back, you know, Brianna's life. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's still a mother without a daughter, still a boyfriend without his girlfriend, sister, you know, family member that's not there anymore. So I think it helps keep things in perspective. And hopefully I think which maybe is the larger win is seeing maybe something that's so simple that can be so effective. And hopefully that can inspire whoever else is uh, wants to get behind justice for, you know, Ahmaud or for Elijah McClain or whoever. It is unfortunately that that could be next. Anything you want to leave us with before you go? The two things. One, if I haven't mentioned it already, the Instagram account where you can stay up to date with everything for Brianna is at for Brianna. Brianna is B R E O N N A. And the website is forbrianna.com. And then the other thing that I want to leave people with is me and a friend of mine, uh, Damian Ellis, uh, had an idea that we were workshopping for maybe a week or a week and a half. The idea was taking the tools that are on for Brianna 
Rihanna.com, but instead of everybody individually doing it one at a time, what if we all did it together? So we were able to amass 500 people plus, that's excluding the Instagram live followers, to all email and tweet at the same time. Oh, wow. Um, doing that all within maybe 30 minutes on the back end of the of the meeting, we were able to trend on Twitter. Like the, I think it was the number seven trending topic. So I want to let people know to keep an eye out and ear out for the next events for the interactive hour of action. Because I think that from hearing the messages from everyone, people seem to be inspired and kind of get like a new sense of energy. And is there anything you want to plug personally that is not related to this? Um, the only thing, and if, so two years ago, I started a publishing company called Nighttime Stories for Adults. It's not triple X related. It's just, uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> well, then I'm not interested, Jelani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically jovial storytelling for adults that speak to, you know, whether it's alcohol, relationships, things that we all have to deal with as uh, tax paying adults in this world. So I wrote two books. One of them just came out in, in uh, April of this year called 360s. So the website is nighttime stories for adults.com and the Instagram handle is night.time.stories. Check it out. If not, that's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Jelani. We feel like this is really important for our audience. So thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you, and go slay. Mom Taraj is written and produced by Ashley Heron Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com. <laughs>